All right, welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice in this new year of 2022. Uh, today, I have a guest on that I believe will edify and encourage and equip you because that's what we're all about on this podcast is equipping you for the good works of Jesus Christ. I'm going to have J.C. Schroeder on. He's an instructor at the Ezekiel Project School of Evangelism, uh, Discipleship and Ministry Training Ministry in the Metro Detroit, Michigan area, uh, with over 10 years of full-time ministry experience. Uh, he studied the biblical Greek. He knows uh, a bit about, to say the least, uh, proper biblical interpretation and such. So that is what we're going to have. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Restoring Your Voice, where me, your host, Pastor David, apostle called by Jesus for the good works and glory of Jesus, I'm going to help you use your God-given voice. I'm going to equip you for the good works of Jesus and prepare you for the return of Jesus. I'm going to do this through hitting up hot biblical topics, problem areas in the body of Christ, in the charismatic, in other areas of the body of Christ, in an attempt to help bring clarification, purity, consecration, in love, and patience as the Bible commands. I'm going to have special guests on that are going to equip you and edify you through their stories that give God the glory where you'll get different viewpoints in different areas because we're all one body and we all have a piece of the puzzle to share with one another. So I look forward to you watching, listening, and interacting God bless you. So bring JC on. Welcome to the show, JC. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm so glad that you could have uh, have you on. Um, I believe that what we're going to talk about today is uh, honestly not talked about enough today uh, in the church. I don't think people are quite equipped. But why don't you first, before we get in, dive into uh all that. Why don't you tell the audience a, a bit about yourself, um, your background, and things like that, whatever you feel like needs to be said. For sure. Uh, so I um, work with the ministry called the Ezekiel Project School of Evangelism, like you mentioned. Um, I'm an instructor there. I teach uh, courses on biblical Greek and how to study the Bible, hermeneutics, as well as a few other courses. I've been there for uh, 12, 13 years, something like that. Um, I grew up as a uh, preacher's kid. My dad uh, is a, has been a preacher for a number of years, and uh, I grew up uh, knowing the Lord. Uh, I accepted the Lord as my Savior when I was five years old. Very blessed to grow up in a Christian family and to know the gospel from an early age. And um, when I was in uh, high school, I just felt um, a call to follow the Lord more deeply. And um, uh, yeah, I have been trying to follow Him uh, more faithfully uh, ever since and uh, started in ministry when I was 19, mm. so pr pretty young, and uh, have just been uh, continuing on. I'm um, working on a THM uh, from Grand Rapids Theological Seminary, a master's in theology, and uh, it's been a huge blessing to me uh, to continue to study the Word in um, uh, church contexts and in more academic contexts, and uh, all of those have been just a rich blessing to me. Um, I'm, I'm married, and me and my wife, we have two wonderful children, and uh, yeah, so that, that's a, just a little bit about me. Nice, nice. So I guess <clears throat> before we get into, I think, yeah, hermeneutics, biblical interpretation, what led you to even, you know, study, I know you said a deeper 
you know, walk and all that, but to study like the biblical Greek and, and, you know, masters in theology and such, what, what, what led you to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, really it was the Lord. Uh, I, uh, from, uh, when I, after high school, I really just wanted to serve the Lord, felt the Lord calling me to serve him and, um, realizing that I really enjoyed sharing the, from the word and teaching and the Lord opening, uh, doors to do that and uh, realizing just that I needed more training uh, to know um, what scripture said uh, to do that, uh, to be well equipped to do that. And I uh, had always had a desire to learn the biblical languages, uh, Greek and Hebrew. And uh, I find it very difficult for me personally to do that on, on my own and uh, did not feel, Ill, uh, felt very ill-equipped to to study that. And, um, and so uh the Lord opened the doors for me to go back to school um, after um, uh, me and my wife got married and after our, our, our son was born. And um, so when I was in college, I had the opportunity to take the biblical languages, both Hebrew and uh, Greek, and my undergrad, and uh, which was a huge, huge blessing and uh, mm. um, was a wonderful opportunity. And then was able to, and as I continued in uh, my undergrad studies, just really enjoyed uh, learning and learning in a structured environment. And uh, I'm just kind of a glutton for punishment, I guess. So I wanted to continue on with more schooling. So the Lord led uh, me to Grand Rapids Theological Seminary and uh, for more for more training uh, to, to serve the Lord. And, and during this period, I was also ministering with the Ezekiel Project School of Evangelism. So uh, was not uh, was continuing in uh, practical ministry and training and teaching while continuing to um, be further equipped myself. And uh, so I finished a, a Master's of Arts in Biblical Exegesis um, at Grand Rapids Theological Seminary. And then I'm continually a glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just, I like to learn. And uh, it's a joy to continue to learn in structured environments for me. Right. Uh, anyways, so I went uh, on for uh, my Master's of Theology. Nice. I'm working on right now. So yeah, but it was really, really the Lord. Um, uh, the Lord, I think leading me to uh, the different schools that I've been to, and just the desire to uh, to learn and providing um, for that uh, along the way. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, <clears throat> I'm thinking where we should start on this. Um, I suppose um, proper herme proper hermeneutics, right? Proper, proper biblical interpretation. We know there's different schools of thought on this. You know, you mentioned. Um, uh, exegesis, we know, then we have obviously uh, eisegesis, I'm probably throwing around terms that people might be unfamiliar with, but basically, you have, you have those, there's two examples right there. So, what role would you say um, in some of theology and doctrine, um, hermeneutics, proper or improper place, and the impact it has on them? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it, it plays a, a really important role in the life of, of the individual, and especially for the life of uh, the Christian, of the believer. Um, because the proper role of how we study the Bible, how we understand what the Bible is saying, um, helps us to understand what God is saying. And um, so for us to, um, we want to be well equipped for the, the right method of studying the Bible. And the way I kind of begin to think about this is that the Bible is a unique book. It's God's, God's word. It's uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it's also a human book. It, it's written by both God and men. And so, um, the way that we can approach scripture is um, uh, like we would other books as well. So how we would interpret 
uh, other forms of literature can help us understand mm. how we can interpret scripture as well, because it's also uh, literature, even though it's being uh, from God himself. And so uh, thinking about how the uh, how God and how the human authors have uh, written um, and how they have communicated uh, with their figures of speech, with their uh, type of genres that they uh, utilize in writing scripture uh, can determine of how we um, understand it. I, I give a kind of a silly example is that uh, when you're watching a, uh, a movie or reading a book, you know, depending on what type of genre that you're consuming will determine of how you are, uh, how you're going to understand it. So if you're expecting a comedy and you watch a, a, a tough war film, you're going to be a little bit not uh, emotionally prepared for what you're about to see. And so you're not going to receive that movie well. And it's the same with scripture. You know, there's a variety of different genres. Uh, there's poetry, there's letters, there's prophecy, there's narrative. And depending on what type of genre that we're in, that can help determine of how we can best understand uh, something. So for instance, poetry has a large percentage of figures of speech. So when um, a, one of the Psalms, perhaps like in Psalm 90 or 91, it talks about um, the Lord, uh, he shall cover you with his with his wings. You know, that's, that's a figure of speech describing uh, God like a bird. It's not describing that he has wings, um, but that uh, he is, has, uh, um, he acts like a nurturing uh, uh, mother bird uh, over us. So those being aware of those um, I th think can be very helpful because we can, if we don't, if we're not aware of those types of genres and figures of speech, we can must understand who God is and even how he acts towards us or what he desires uh, from us. So I think that's kind of just a... Um, yeah, like a broad point. overview. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so, so clearly in your time seeing, you know, you, you know, you're quite ex you know, experienced at this and you teach and study more and more. Um, so is, are there, what, what big areas of error perhaps in biblical interpretation have you seen that have been, um, extremely dangerous to the body of Christ? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, there's a, a variety of, of ways, I and mean, I'm sure there's more than we can dive into, but, uh, a few that I've come across of, of just when people, uh, look at what scripture says and they take that as a, uh, a blanket statement, a mm. blanket promise for everyone in all of time. Um, so, uh, for instance, when it talks about that he will, the Lord will provide for you, um, which are great promises, um, but you know, it doesn't mean that you just sit back and don't do anything, right. um, and you don't you don't try to look for a job or or anything like that. Um, you know, taking that as uh, I'm going to receive everything um, passively, and and uh, I think that can be. Uh, difficult for people to, uh, as they read that scripture, um, or, um, for instance, a, a conception of God you have, uh, in Exodus 33, I, I forget the exact passage and yeah. talking about the, uh, the description of the Lord. Yeah. The, the description of the Lord and, uh, and how he appears before Moses and it's described in very human terms. It, you know, it says that God has a face, that he has a back. And so some people will understand this, that God has um, uh, intrinsically a, a a human body, right? And um, and we see that with God's Son Jesus, uh, that He comes as a man at the incarnation in the New Testament. But here in this passage, it's, I don't think it's describing God with an actual human body. Um, 
and uh, he's not intrinsically um, as part of who he always is, uh, something like me in, in a physical form. And uh, that can lead to a misconception of who God is and how we are to um, interact with them. So mm. those are just a couple of examples right. of how we can misread scripture mm. and um, not, not see the Lord for who he is. Right. I want to, I want to highlight, you know, you mentioned where people take a blanket promise, you know, and they'll just apply it to themselves. Now, mm. <clears throat> you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but um, proper context, right? Mm. Um, we see, we see people out there, for instance, they'll take uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? A very famous verse that people just love to apply to themselves. Um, but they'll, but they don't read the other things that God has said, uh, say, um, regarding Israel, for instance, and the children of Israel, right? They don't, they don't, they don't like the other parts where God says, well, if you don't repent, for instance, and if you don't do this, this is what I'm going to do to you. Um, I'm, I'm sure you, you've seen stuff like that where, where out of context, it's taken as a blanket statement. Um, would you mind uh, kind of talking about that a bit for people? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that's that's a great example. Uh, you see that that verse uh, in all the graduation uh, uh, type of uh, uh, cards. Uh, if I know the the plans uh, about you and uh, plans for good uh, is what the Lord says to Israel, though not necessarily to me when I graduate from college. Right. Uh, and that that is true. Like the Lord does know, it does have plans for us and does and will. Uh, provide for us and will minister to us, but those that specific passage was written to a specific group of people for Israel, and so that needs to be taken into account first before we jump to that's written for JC in the 21st century in, in America. Um, I think of the other passage, uh, familiar passage in Philippians chapter four, where it says, "I can do all things through mm -hmm. Christ who strengthens me," which right. is an awesome verse. And it's used um, by, by many people of just, uh, I can, uh, of all the things that um, I, I can do. So I can fix my car. I know nothing about cars. So right. I can fix my car <laughs> through the Lord, you know, and the Lord, I guess, could give uh, help in that. But what Paul is talking about in that passage in Philippians 4 is his ability to be content mm -hmm. in whatever situation that he is in, uh, right. whether he has uh, much or whether he has little, he is content in the Lord. And that's really what he is um, getting after um, in that. So if I take that as a, a blanket statement of um, I can do anything, I, I'll find myself very disappointed that my car doesn't work right, right. Uh, and, or, or whatever the issue may be. But if I recognize the verses around it, the context are telling me, uh, are informing that passage then um, that will help me clarify that this is talking about the Lord helping me to be content right. in whatever situation that I'm in. So and that, that's, uh, I think, yeah. really helpful. I loved how you highlighted that because, I mean, it's the same thing I like to tell people too, is always read the verses prior to and after. Because if you just take one verse, and we, we can take it to mean anything we want, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, right? I mean, I, I, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength to. Okay, well, doesn't mean I'm going to go out there and run, you know, any bit because I simply am my body, you know, physically I'm unable to. So I can't say, well, I can do all things through Christ. I'm, I'm not going to get probably five feet out the door from running. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> be out of breath. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love, I love how you highlight, uh, highlight that. So, so then, I mean, yeah, we can take some verses and we can say, yeah, you know, you're right. The Lord does have plans. Um, he, he wants to have good plans um, towards me, but say, for instance, I'm, I'm living in an unrepentant state, you know, of, of mm -hmm. sin. You know, I haven't repented. And then 
certainly then, you know, that something like that, well, I know the plans I have for you. I mean, yeah, he has plans for us, but are they going to happen if I'm living in, in sin, you know, what, whatever that may be that I refuse to repent from? Yeah, obviously that's not going to apply, um, for instance. So, we, you know, we, I think, I think um, there are dangerous doctrines formed off of things like that. Um, maybe, maybe you have thoughts on perhaps the, the, the doctrine of once saved, always saved. And, and how that, um, cause we see that we see, we see that, or we see something like, you know, uh, what's, what's coined as progressive Christianity in, in this modern age, we see it, uh, where, because of, I think, uh, improper biblical interpretation and proper hermeneutics and taking scriptures out of context, we've, we've, we apply these things and then here we are today. So I know, I know that's a lot to unpack, but, uh, maybe you could, you know, highlight some of that for sure. Yeah. And you know, there, there's, um, a, a lot of things that, that are out there and I just, um, the way I think about it is there are three rules, uh, for studying the Bible. There's context, context, and context. And, and like we've been mentioning is just that if we're just looking at one particular verse um, and uh, isolated from the surrounding context of what is being written, uh, then we're going to misunderstand what God is saying to us. Just as if you just took one line out of what I'm saying in this uh, podcast or this video, uh, it can be kind of, conf it might be confusing or misunderstood. And you need to listen to the whole podcast or you need to, uh, when we're looking at the Bible, read the whole, the whole book. Um, so if we're, we were talking about Philippians chapter four, one of the ways that we know that Philippians four, four, um, or four, whatever the, uh, four thirteen, whatever the, the verse is, um, that, that is talking about contentment is, uh, all the verses around it, as well as the whole letter, uh, to the Philippian church. And that informs our reading of that. And so that, um, regular reading of, uh, of the individual books, uh, the individual uh, sections of scripture, uh, as even whole documents can go a long way in uh, helping us move away from uh, inaccurate readings or from readings that um, uh, are, are not suited to the context. Okay, so yeah, so biblical interpretation and errors. Uh, so there's a lot of errors out there, more than we can ever get into here. Um, like once saved, always saved, something like that, you know, where I never have to repent ever again in my life and I can sin as much as I want and stuff like that. And, you know, progressive Christianity. Um, so what, what do you think is probably, I know there's a lot of issues we could talk about about this, but perhaps one, one or two or whatever are the biggest issues you see why, why, uh, you know, in the church, we get to these points. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I, I wish I could pinpoint well, it, it more than that, but yeah, you um, know, in relation to interpreting the Bible, I, you know, reading the Bible correctly, interpreting it. Yeah, for sure. I think a couple big things that can be very helpful is reading the context and being really familiar with what Scripture is saying as a whole, not just uh, as individual verses or individual sections, but as the whole of the of the book. So we were talking about Philippians earlier and being familiar with that one particular passage of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're familiar with that, but being really familiar with Philippians, the letter to the Philippian church as a whole can go a long way to help us understand not only that that one verse, but the the theology and the the intention that Paul and the Lord has with that letter as a whole. Okay. So I think being really familiar with the entire Bible, but in the individual books within the Bible goes a long way to help us with um, 
dealing with errors that we have when we read scripture. And, you know, these errors can be um, on, on a spectrum of more serious to less serious. Right. And um, I want to be careful of that. I'm not bringing my own, my own errors um, to scripture uh, as hopefully as well-intentioned as they may be. I want to understand um, scripture uh, of what God is saying to me, not what I want it to say, which is a, which can be a very difficult thing to do. Mm, And so I think, you know, having conversations like this and um, looking at uh, a variety of resources can be very helpful in um, thinking through what scripture says and um, being sensitive um, to what God is telling us in his word. So context, I think is number one. And, um, and just reading the Bible, reading, uh, reading the Bible as a whole can go a long way for us. Yeah. I just want to highlight to the audience though, that we're, you know, we're, we're not trying to say that everybody will have perfect biblical interpretation because that's, that's never going to happen. And we're not saying every error is a salvific issue. You know, um, I've heard it said, um, major on the majors and minor on the minors, you know, stop majoring on the minors. Um, we, and we, you know, we can talk all day probably about the minor things like, uh, was creation a six literal day or, however long it took. It's a minor thing. It's not going to affect whether somebody gets into heaven or not, for instance. This is one of uh, probably a number of examples. So I I want to highlight, we're not trying to be critics. We're not trying to tell everybody, hey, if you miss it, then, you know, that's it for you. Uh, We're just trying to help you interpret the Bible as best as you can without, say, reading yourself into the Bible or reading your beliefs into the Bible. Um, But, um, you know, another I I think something um, that needs to be highlighted, though, and is reading the entire Bible, you know, because you hear lots of things out there. Um, you only need the New Testament. The Old Testament is relevant for us today. Or you have a spectrum of we only need the Gospels or we don't even need that. We just need uh, the letters Paul wrote. Um, so reading the Bible in its entirety, um, how how important do you say that? Uh, what role of importance do you say that plays in biblical interpretation? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really big issue. And I appreciate you bringing that out. Yeah. Uh, when I look at the New Testament, scholars have um, done some calculations on when the New Testament, when the New Testament writers are writing, they are citing and living with the Old Testament. That was their scriptures as they're writing the New Testament. And so they love the, what we think of as the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, and they are constantly citing from them. And um, so s- scholars have estimated that somewhere around 300 times the New Testament directly quotes the Old Testament. And so for us to understand the New Testament properly, we have to understand what the Old Testament says. And when Paul in first uh, in Second Timothy 3.16 is talking about the inspiration of Scripture, he has primarily mm. in his mind the Old Testament. Right. And so if our Christian lives are dominated and or exclusively in the New Testament, first of all, I'm glad that you're reading the New Testament and uh, that you mm. have that. But if it's only in the New Testament, we're missing out on a large percentage of God's revealed word to uh, his his uh, his people, to Israel and to the church as well. And so I think it's essential for us as believers to be familiar with both the New Testament and the Old Testament. Um, one thing I did last year, and I'm going to try to do it again this year, I'm not a big New Year's resolution person, but my goal is to um, read the Bible again this year. I did that last year and I really enjoyed mm. it. And the Bible plan that I followed uh, was uh, gave four different readings each day, one from a different section of scripture. So it had one from 
the poetic books like Psalms and Proverbs. It had a reading from uh, the narrative section in the Old Testament, uh, and then it had a reading from the uh, prophet, and then a reading from the New Testament. And so every day you're moving a little bit further in all different areas of the Bible. So my tendency uh, in in when I read scripture is to just stay in the sections that I'm familiar with or the sections that I quote unquote like and avoid the sections I quote unquote don't like. (laughs) And uh, this this Bible reading plan that I followed, it's not the right one, you know, it's just the one that I happen to follow. Yeah. Um, I, I found to be very helpful to getting me out of my own particular ruts in reading scripture. And that can help uh, see the whole counsel of, of God's scripture and what he's revealing to us. So I, th- I find that to be helpful. And I would hmm. definitely agree with you that we need both the Old and the New Testament in our lives. Right. And we're all honest, like none of us, there are, you know, come on. I mean, how many people out there would say, well, I just love reading from second Chronicles and going through the uh, genealogies, for instance. Yes, so any, yes. any person who's honest is like, man, that's, that is putting me to sleep trying to read that, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pages upon pages of genealogies. And even though it's a schlep to read through, you know, there is actually great importance in, in many of the genealogies that, that we could read, but you know, for, so I, so I appreciate you being honest about it. Um, say, yeah, you know, there's actually sections of the Bible that I just don't like to read. I think, like I said, if everybody's honest, we all do that. Um, and I love that Bible plan you mentioned. I, I'd actually never heard of a Bible plan, Bible study plan like that. And I think I might, I might have to look that up myself. Um, but yeah, so see what other, what, what, okay, let's, let's turn it. What, what other things about biblical interpretation that would you like to highlight that you think are extremely important? Yeah, that, um, I, I guess another one that maybe um, is, is very helpful to think about is that the, the Bible is written in an ancient context and it is written, you know, at the early or at the closest to us 2000 years ago. And that's, and life is uh, in some ways very much the same as it is today. And so there's a lot of uh, correspondence between ancient times and our own times, because we're dealing with humans in real life. But at some levels, the world is very different in the ancient world. And so in order for us to understand scripture properly, we have to enter into their world and how um, things, how how society was run then and how they viewed the world um, versus, uh, and how that might be different than how our society is run and how we view the world. And we want to take the look at what was their perspective. So if we're reading um, something like the book of Jonah, for instance, uh, mm. to use an Old Testament example, not just to use a, a New Testament example, the book of Jonah, to understand Jonah well, we have yeah. to understand of who the Assyrians were, who the Ninevites were, and uh, what made Jonah tick in the sense that, of why did he not want to go and, and proclaim this uh, message of judgment to the Ninevites. And uh, from our perspective, when I read Jonah, I'm like, well, what's wrong with you, Jonah? Like, go, go share, go share the good news with them. Right. Uh, aren't you a horrible, horrible prophet? <laughs> and when we understand that the Ninevites were uh, brutal people, uh, right. they have um, uh, these uh, these stone carving pictures uh, from a different time period, but in in the city of Nineveh, in the throne room of the of the king, of just these horrible torture scenes. And that was the, if you were to enter into the, to see the king and into, into his throne room, you would see these horrible torture scenes of the, the power and the destruction of the Ninevites. 
And that was something that was coming to Israel. And Jonah is aware of this and he doesn't want anything to do with these Ninevites. And he wants to see them condemned uh, for their, their brutality. Right. And what we see is the mercy and the love of the Lord, uh, both to Jonah and to the Ninevites as well. And that his love and his mercy is not only for the Israelites, it is for these uh, sinful, quote-unquote, pagan people, the, the Ninevites. And so entering, th that helps us understand Jonah a little bit more. Mm. And that helps us as we think about how does this relate to our own lives in America here, is that we can think that Christianity is only for us, and we have a, a, a closeness with the Lord. And when we see someone who we view as a as a sinner, as a quote unquote sinner, um, that we can think that the Lord won't uh, doesn't care about them, or we have a, a higher standing before the Lord. And uh, I think the message of Jonah reminds us that God's love extends to all, and that. Those people need to accept the Lord um, as as uh, perhaps we have accepted the Lord, but his desire is that all should be saved. Mm. And um, I think that's a really positive and important message for us and also challenging our own inner heart and disposition that we can sometimes have a, a really hateful spirit towards mm. others and mm. we're like Jonah did and we're not, we did, we're not embodying the heart of God for the other. So uh, I, I think that's a, a helpful scenario as we think of the not only the, the context that we see of the page, the literary context, but also the historical context of what was going on back then uh, as this was being written in this story. So entering into that world, I think those two components, the literary context and the historical context, if we hit on those, I think we're doing a really good job or we're, we're, we're in the right direction right. Of, of understanding what scripture is saying to us. Wow. I mean, I, I loved how you highlighted that. I mean, it's great. Um, in fact, you know, even though I know how brutal the Assyrian people, you know, were, um, I never actually never thought about that um, in the context of Jonah. I never, I, I actually never actually thought about that. It's just crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I love, I think people are going to learn a lot from that. Um, now you mentioned um, the different ways, uh, different parts of the Bible. You know, I don't know how many people are, are aware that the Old Testament is broken up into three uh, different sections. Um, but you know, we have, for instance, you know, you mentioned the, po the poetic books like Psalms, for instance. Um, then you have the, the books of prophecy, and we know that you know some 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 prophecy is is intermingled in say with Psalms, right? And and we know that it speaks about you know a messianic prophecies. Uh, but what do you think about the dangers that people can get into when they kind of mix things up, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, you, you can draw some, say they draw some sort of prophetic word, for instance, from something they read over here, you know, and it's a narrative or it's poetic and, or they flip flop the other things. And, you know, because I'm, you know, somebody who walks in the prophetic and believes uh, fully in the gift of prophecy, but I think we see a lot of these errors today, um, Maybe you can kind of highlight that in, in the terms of proper biblical uh, interpretation. Yeah, for sure. The way, uh, this is not original to me, but the way that I like to think about it, I think it's very helpful, is that the Bible, when we read the Bible, it can't mean something to us that it didn't mean to the original readers. So God wrote these, uh, along with the human authors, wrote these pieces of literature, these books, 
to specific groups of people, whether it's a church in Philippi or it's the community of Israel with Jonah, whatever it may be. And God had specific messages for them, uh, for those for those specific groups. And when I read uh, as a as a 21st century American, when I read those scriptures, I can't. It's not going to have a distinctly different meaning for me uh, in my own context than it did for them. And so mm -hmm. I have to first understand what was God trying to say to Israel, whether it's uh, a poetry or it's uh, prophecy. And um, I have to understand what God is saying to the church of Philippi or Ephesus, whatever it may be. And, um, and from that point, understanding what God is saying to them, then make the move of now, how does that relate to me? And that's where we, we think of the idea of application, of applying scripture to ourselves. And our application of scripture is going to be built off of our understanding of God's original message to the original readers. And so I think a nice check for us is that if my application to myself of this passage is different than what God intended for the original readers, then we've got a mismatch. Mm. And uh, so if, as, as, the closer we can get to a match between what was God asking them and what was God asking us, um, then I think we are on a, a better track to understanding scripture. Now, are there differences between what God requires of, say, Israel and of the church today? Uh, yes, there are There are differences and there is a, uh, a progressive revealing of his will in scripture. So God, as God progresses or as God deals with humanity, over time, he reveals more and more of himself and his plan for his people. And uh, he builds on what he is revealing. So he reveals more about his love. He reveals more about his plan to send his son to come and die uh, over time. Uh, but if I'm drawing something that's vastly different than what was the true for the original readers, then I think we're on uh, shaky ground for mm. applying that for us today. Ah, uh, yep. Good stuff to highlight. Um, wonderful explanation. Now you mentioned, uh, obviously you, you studied ancient languages and, um, I love that because, you know, um, all I'm, all I have zero degree in any, you know, I even when even in my study of the Greek, you know, we can see, you know, same word in English, different word in the Greek you know, different applications and such like that. And well, I'm not trying to tell, tell anybody out there that, hey, you have to study the original languages, but for you in your own theology and doctrine and, you know, preaching even, um, how important of a role would you say the study of the original languages is? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I think the study of the original languages is really important. Now, I, I don't know, the Lord has not called all of us to learn Greek and Hebrew. Uh, I do think that the vast majority of people have the ability. I think sometimes people think that, well, I can't learn the biblical languages uh, because I'm, I'm not smart enough or I'm, I'm not uh, a pastor. Uh, I think the vast majority of people have that innate ability to learn a language because the Lord has wired us for languages. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't live a wonderful Christian life. You can't be a pastor. You can't minister without having the biblical languages. Uh, so I, I want to preface it that way, that the Lord delights that we would read his word in whatever language, in, in our mother language, in English, and we have been very blessed with that. And he delights that we would obey his word. Right. Um, he doesn't really care if you've got English or if you've got only English or Greek and Hebrew, he cares if we obey the word. Nice. But in terms of understanding scripture, uh, it can be 
a very good tool to understand the biblical languages because the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek. So when we're reading scripture in English, that's a huge blessing. But no matter how good our English translations are, and this is true for all translations of any piece of literature, um, there is slight things that are lost, um, not necessarily in meaning, but in terms of maybe emphasis. Hmm. And so it can be very, very helpful uh, and is very helpful to read scripture in its original language, such as biblical, uh, such as Greek and Hebrew. So one example that I really like is in Colossians chapter one, the end of Colossians chapter one, I forget the exact verse. Um, in the ESV, the English Standard Version, um, it says something like, uh, uh, Paul says, him we proclaim, talking about Christ. Right. Uh, and so the, in English, that conveys like the emphasis is on Christ. We are proclaiming Christ. Like, you know, that's where the emphasis is him we proclaim. But in the Greek, it seems that the emphasis is on a bit on, um, it's true that they are proclaiming Christ, and but the emphasis is on the we part. We are proclaiming mm. Christ. And that the emphasis is not on that. It's the Paul show, that Paul is the one that does the proclaiming and uh, it's him and him only, but that he is orienting himself around others who are also proclaiming Christ is that this is a communal project, not just for, you know, the, the, the super apostle Paul, right? Uh, it, it's those that are, you know, also proclaiming Christ. So he, the emphasis is that we proclaim Christ. So those emphases can really help us as we see what Paul is trying to communicate with us. So it, it can be very, very helpful. Uh, and it, it is very, very helpful. And I would encourage um, uh, many more believers to read, uh, to learn the biblical languages. We have lots of great resources that are available to us more than any other time in the history of the world um, that are available to us uh, with low cost um, of buying a, buying a book or some, some DVDs uh, to even free. Um, I have no association with, with this website, but I've been greatly blessed by it. Um, a, a website called dailydoseofgreek.com. There's also mm -hmm. a dailydoseofhebrew.com. They have free lessons. You can learn the entire uh, first year of biblical Greek and Hebrew, and there's daily videos, um, and they're just fabulous. Uh, when I was uh, a, uh, an undergrad student and was learning Greek for the first time, they were super helpful to me, super yes. beneficial, and they still are. And uh, that's all completely free. And so that's a very low barrier for, for us. Um, I personally just needed some extra help. And so I took a class because I'm nerdy like that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, some people, you know, just the videos are, are sufficient. There's uh, a lot of great opportunities for us. It, it is a time um, uh, time commitment, um, right. a long time commitment, um, but it is well, well worth it for those that, that are able. Um, not everyone is able to do that, and that's totally fine. Right. But I like. I also just like reminding people that it, you know, um, you have the ability to do it intrinsically. Um, right. Um, and to it is a commitment, um, but to to go after that, if if you're able to, and the Lord uh, leads you to do that, that is, um, you'll find rich reward in reading your Bible uh, and studying the original languages. Yeah, I like how you highlighted that. And I, I want to highlight too, um, yeah, it's not as difficult as some people may think. For me, I have no college education. I have no tertiary education. Um, I just never bothered, you know, I did 20 years in the Army, and that's, that's about it. But, you know, I've been, I've been uh, when you say free resources, I've been using free resources, free resources myself 
to study the Greek, for instance, and I found it way easier than I originally thought it was going to be. Um, I've, I've seen where a lot of uh, the letters in, in, in the Greek, um, not all of them, but a, a lot of them, um, for instance, um, are very similar to the English lettering we use today, yes, for instance. That's, that's just one example. Um, now, Hebrew, I'll admit to the public that um, I find, uh, I find uh, Hebrew more difficult than, than the Greek, However, I just want to highlight that, you know, this person relatively uneducated, I'm, I'm learning the Greek and I'm finding it actually e far easier than I ever thought it would be. And I'm finding a much deeper, uh, not that, you know, like you said, you don't have to do it, but just a much deeper uh, revelation of, of the word of God in many different, many, many different ways. Uh, but like I said, we're, you know, we're not here to say you have to do it. We're just kind of highlighting that, hey, when you do study it in this um, way, it just, you know, can provide for people a deeper understanding, uh, much, you know, of of the Word of God in different areas. And, you know, you know not everybody's going to be able to do it. I mean, my wife is from South Africa originally, and, you know, there's no way, for instance, people over there have the resources all the time um, to study this kind of thing. And, yeah, and it is a time commitment, and I completely agree with you, and very um, big chunk of time, but well worth it at the same time. So uh, is there anything else you would hi uh, like to highlight? For the biblical languages? Uh, biblical languages, uh, hermeneutics, anything like that. I would just say, you know, this is probably very, very simple, but just the um, the fact of just getting into our Bibles, um, there to, to read our Bibles regularly, um, to read them faithfully, uh, to read them as, um, as the Lord uh, speaking to us, um, uh, you know, with those hermeneutical things as well, but um, but to to read uh, faithfully and to just have our hearts uh, draw draw closer to the Lord. Um, it's I think it's much better for us to um, read His Word than to read books about Him. I, I love books. I got lots of books, right. and I love reading books about the Bible. It's a huge passion of mine. But there's nothing like reading His Word itself. And so, you know, as we start the new year, just a, as an encouragement uh, for us to draw closer to him um, with his word. So, mm. yeah, actually, so yeah, I just had just to like to jump on that one thing you talked about books about him or books about the Bible. Right. And there are many wonderful books out there. Like you said, I mean, I know camera's cut off, but I got, you know, a little bookshelf back there with, with books. I love reading. Um, I probably got a huge ton of Kindle books. I've, I don't know if I'll ever get to, <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, let me let me just uh, if we would like to highlight the importance, perhaps, of why it's so important to study the Bible before studying a book. You know, we have many believers that are that are new believers that are probably going to listen, and um, they'll probably you know jump onto so and so's book, so and so's book, and like you said, and I agree, none of them are are necessarily bad in in and of themselves, but perhaps highlighting the importance of being grounded in Scripture prior to reading somebody else's book. Yeah, I it's it's helpful to just know what the scripture actually says. I mean, we, we live in a world that is increasingly uh, biblically uh, illiterate, um, mm. and um, we're unfamiliar with uh, large sections um, of the Bible. I, I will confess, uh, I'm not super familiar with, say, the, the minor prophets. Mm. Um, and so um, I want to spend more time understanding what those are saying, and that requires you know mul multiple readings, right. and um, that can be uh, really beneficial. And you know there are resources out there that we can read in conjunction with scripture that helps illuminate mm. scripture um, as we are are reading it. Um, so, but being familiar with what the text actually says, I and mean, that is, that's the part that's 
actually God's word. Right. Um, but also recognizing that the Bible at times can be a strange book and we need uh, help in reading it. Um, so I think if we can only do one thing, we read the Bible, but if we can also read other resources, good resources along with it, that can be, um, that can help help illuminate what scripture is saying um, most clearly. I completely agree. I've got a couple, I don't have many. I have a couple commentaries myself just to help get a deeper understanding. Like I have a commentary in the book of Job, you know, Dr. Michael Brown's commentary on Job, because I think Job is one of those books that can be very difficult to uh, understand when we try. Not that we can't have any understanding, but yeah, you know, I, I just think it's just one of those difficult books as we read through it. You're like, why does it say this? I don't know. understand why Job said that. You know, why did his friends come along and say this to him and, you know, all that. And so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's just highlight to the audience. Say, hey, you know what? We're not going to understand the, the Bible perfectly. Mm -hmm. You're going to have, it's a lifetime study. And then when you get to heaven, you're going to realize, as I tell people, when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to find out how much I got wrong and how much I actually didn't know when I get to heaven one day. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I really thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and I think it's going to be such a blessing uh, to people out there. So how can people get into contact uh, with you if they feel um, they, they would like to contact you? You know, whether on social media or email or whatever. Yeah, thank you. Um, you can contact me on my website. I actually have a podcast um, that started a few months ago called Bite Size Seminary about uh, the Bible, about theology, and uh, about ministry engagement and, and just following Jesus. And so uh, I have a website that goes with that. It's called bitesizeseminary.com. You can contact me through the website. Um, the podcast you can find uh, in all the podcast um, uh, hosts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and you can even sign up to uh, have the podcast emailed directly to you from my website on bitesizeseminary.com. Nice. Um, and you'll see links on the website uh, to my Facebook page and my Twitter account, which is just associated with the podcast Bite Size Seminary. So uh, if you'd like to check that out, we'd re would uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's that's the best way to get a hold of me. Nice. Well, like links will be in the show notes. So go <clears throat> check out the description. Um, unless you're listening to this on Twitter, then you have to go to my YouTube channel intent uh, or, or the Facebook pages. So yeah, all the links will be in the show notes. And I thank you so much for, for coming on. Like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned something and I'm sure our audience will get uh, a lot out of it. So thank you so much once again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's a real joy. Thank you. All David. Right. God bless everybody out there.